Father, we approach your word with a sense of awe and a sense of reverence. We thank you for speaking to us. We pray, Lord God, that you would open the eyes of our hearts. Lord, that you would strengthen us in our spirit, soul, and body. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And by the way, your giving also uh, this month is going to include giving to several other ministries, internationally and nationally as well. Uh, one of the areas that we want to give into is some of Keith Hershey's project, Mutual Faith Ministries. And also, uh, if you don't know it, Brenda and I went to Raymond Bible Training Center that has produced thousands and thousands of, of ministers uh, that are ministering the Word of God around the world. And they're still training them. So we're going to sow a very generous seed to them as well. And, and we're praying and we're seeking the Lord and what He'd have us to do. So how many of you are thankful that we are reaching beyond our four walls? Praise God. Open your Bibles this morning to Luke, the second chapter. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 14. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy. That's good news of great joy. Notice with me, which shall be to all people, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, read verse 14 with me, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. I want to pay particular attention to that one statement, and on earth peace. Notice with me that the angels pronounce peace on earth. Amen. Well, I know that we're going to have peace when we get to heaven, someone said. But I want to talk to you about a peace right now. Say it with me, a right now peace. God has given you and I heavenly peace for earthly pressures. Now notice with me, the angel told them not to be afraid because I'm bringing you good news. The alternative to fear is to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, the reason why they declared peace on earth was the fulfillment of a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, which says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Amen. Notice with me that he was given. Jesus did not come on the scene, really, when he was born of a virgin, <clears throat> he was, glory to God, from the ancient of days. <clears throat> and so a son was given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. These are some of his names. Is he wonderful? Is he available to give you insight and wisdom and understanding as your counselor? Is he not the mighty God? Strong and mighty to deliver. I just got to give God praise because this morning, praise the Lord, December 18th, 1974 was the last time I ever used drugs. So I've been free 42 years. If you would have known me before I was born again, you would not have wanted to know me. 
I serve a God that's mighty to deliver. And he is no respecter of persons. To God be the glory. Everlasting. There is no end to his love. And then, of course, the Prince of Peace. You see, Jesus just does not give us peace. He is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Now, like so many other benefits in the Word of God, you've got to contend for this peace that He has given unto you. Now, notice with me some scriptures this morning. Look at John chapter 14, and notice with me in the 27th verse. It says there, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Now, the first thing I notice in that verse is this. He says, it is my peace. So the peace that he has made available to you is his peace. It is the same peace that he walked in. It is the same peace that he had in the hinder part of the ship when a great storm arose on the Sea of Galilee to prevent them to go to the other side. His disciples were all confused. They were all filled with anxiety and fear and worry. But Jesus, the, the absolute wonderful, most wonderful picture of peace, is in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. He's resting in the Lord. <laughs> Evidently, this peace was so prevalent in his life that it put him to rest in the midst of a storm. And they woke him up and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he rose, the Bible says, and he spoke to the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. In other words, shalom, be still. This peace was so strong in his life that it rose up on the inside of him and it enabled him to speak to the storms of life. And the Bible says there was a great calm. Now you have this same peace. He said, my peace I leave with you. That same peace that he walked in is yours. So when you face the storms of life, when adversities come to you, you can rise up as he rose up and you can declare peace be still. In the midst of the holidays, there's ample opportunity for stress, anxiety, and fear. But thank God, remember, Jesus lives on the inside of you. That peace of God lives in you. So you can say to your soul in turmoil, peace, be still. You can say to your circumstances that are bringing uh, tragedy into your life, peace, be still. See, he wasn't moved. He didn't cower down at storms. He didn't cow down to demons. He stood his ground. When the devil came and tempted him in the wilderness and said, look, if you're the son of God, why don't you command that these stones be turned into loaves of bread? The prince of peace said, devil, I'm not contending with you in the natural realm. I'm giving you what is written. And I'm telling you what is written. The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then the devil took him up into a high mountain and he said, all of the world will I give you if you will just completely fall down and, uh, you know, jump off. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord, your God. So I want you to get this picture. He operated in peace when the storm came. 
He operated in peace when the enemy came. And you have that same peace. Now there is a word of peace for you to speak when Satan comes your way. We must learn what is written. Not only must we learn what is written, but we must be ready to use what is written against him when he comes our way. It is good to verbalize. It is good to vocalize what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. My peace I give unto you. Amen. Amen. Now notice with me. uh, They were. uh, The question I have today is what are you full of? Are you full of peace? Are you full of fear? Or are you full of anxiety? Say it with me. I'm full of the peace of God. Now notice this again in John 14, 27. He said, my peace I leave with you. And he says, this peace is not as the world gives. This peace is available nowhere else. This peace cannot be found in a bottle. This peace cannot be found in a pill. This peace cannot be found in your bank account. Somebody says, I know that's right. No matter how large or how small, no matter how much or how little you have, peace does not come by your circumstances. Peace does not even come through your relationships. It's good to have godly relationships, but true peace only comes from Him. It comes from nowhere else. And we live in a world where people are looking for peace in all the wrong places. We call them seekers. They're seeking this. They're seeking that. But oh, thank God, you and I have the message of peace. We have the message of reconciliation where we can lead people to Jesus Christ and they can find out about a peace, glory to God, that the world has nothing to do with. Amen. Amen. Now notice with me in the next part of John 14, 27, he said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And then he goes on to say what your responsibility is and my responsibility. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now I want you to notice that. Everyone say, let not. not. Does let not and try not mean the same thing? Well, I'm trying not to be troubled. I'm trying not to worry. I'm trying not to yield to fear. No, trying won't get it. It's the doers of God's word that that are blessed in their doing. Amen? So notice with me, he says, let not your heart be troubled. I like what the Amplified says. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. Stop allowing yourselves to be disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Somebody says, I wish I could do that. You can do that. He would never tell you to do something that you don't have the capability to do. I have the ability not to worry. I have the ability not to be disturbed. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you'll get opportunity to be agitated. Just get out there on 880 for a while. Or Hesperian Boulevard for a while. Or go to Macy's for a while. There'll be ample opportunity to be agitated and disturbed. But God says, don't allow it. He said, stop allowing yourselves to be intimidated and agitated and disturbed. Well, I wish I could do it. Stop wishing and start believing. Somebody says, how do I do that? You start verbalizing what the Bible says. You start believing what the Word of God says. And here's one scripture that you can believe and confess every day of your life. It's found in Philippians 4 verse 13. It says that I can do. I can do. I can do. All things through Christ which strengthens me. The same one that has given you peace, the Christ, will enable you to close the door and keep the door shut on all fear, agitation, and disturbances that the enemy brings your way. But it's got to be a quality decision on my part and your part. So he noticed with me in John 14, 27 again. He says, my peace I leave with you. It's not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Somebody said, well, now, Pastor Mark, that's just unrealistic. No, the word of God is more real than your situation. Well, I don't know if I can. We just read it. You can. Amen. Well, I don't know about that so much. You know, everybody has down days. Everybody's worried about the economy. Everybody's worried about what's going on in the world. I'm not. I'm not worried about it at all. I'm not disturbed about it at all. I don't care what the talking heads say. I don't care what CNN says. MSNBC says, Saturday Night Live says, I just flat don't care what they have to say. Why? Because I'm living in a higher realm. I've chosen to live my life by what God has said. And when you live by what God has said, and you say what God has said, it becomes real in your life. Amen. Simply live your life in the carefree zone. Shut the door. Stop it. Don't allow it. If there's people around you that want to get you into that arena of worry and fear, be polite, be nice, but just shut your spirit up. You know, you can be around people and shut shut the door without telling them you're doing it. You just zip your spirit up. I'm not yielding to that kind of conversation. I'm not lending my tongue to that kind of doubt. Or unbelief and fear. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Glory to God. You can do it. I can do what the master said I can do. And when you do. The greater one will rise up on the inside of you. And you will experience a peace that passeth all understanding. Don't let worry break you down. Don't let fear drain you. Don't allow those things to penetrate into your soul. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the comforter on the inside of you. 
Look at John 14 and 26, the verse right above verse 27. He says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Listen, the more you get into the Word of God, the more you give the Holy Spirit opportunity to bring what you've heard and read and meditated to your remembrance. And when you do that, it opens up a flood of anointing, a flood of power of God's Word, and it becomes your strong tower against the onslaughts of doubt, fear, and unbelief. Amen. Say with me, I thank God I've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Now, we looked at Isaiah 9, verse 6, but I want to look at it again. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, in the sixth verse. And I want to talk for a few moments on this phrase, and the government shall be upon... His shoulder. How many of you know that he's got some broad shoulders? He can shoulder what you're going through. Put it on his shoulder. Put the responsibility over on him. You know, why take things on your little scrawny little shoulders? Your narrow shoulders will never get it done. Oh, but he's got some broad shoulders. Oh, glory to God. And when you're going through a test, you're going through a trial, look at him. And if you see that he's not worried about it, why should you worry about it? Have you ever looked in the master's face and looked at the master's eyes and seen a lot of, oh, I don't know what we're going to do? No, thank God. When you look unto him, you're going to see perfect peace. Amen. A friend of mine uh, was uh, flying his jet. And uh, he had some people in the jet with him that had never flown with him before. How many have ever been up, you know, 30,000 feet or 35,000 feet and, and experienced some, uh, what do they call that, turbulence? Is turbulence fun? I mean, you're just sitting there sipping on your Coke, eating your little bag of peanuts. And... Just enjoying the, the flight, and all of a sudden, <laughs> that happens up in the air. But we're not to fear. Amen? Because why? We're going to the other side. But uh, they landed the jet, and there was some turbulence there. And, and he looked at them after they were done, and, and uh, he said, well, I guess you felt that. He said, yeah. He said, did it bother you? They said, no. He said, how come it didn't bother you? She said, because... When we felt the turbulence, we looked at you and we could see that you were undisturbed. We looked at the pilot. We looked at the captain. And because you weren't disturbed, why should we be disturbed? Do you suppose God is disturbed about what's going on in the world? Do you suppose he's disturbed about things that you may be facing? Understand this, that he cares for you and his hand is upon you, but nothing disturbs him. Keep your eye on the captain. Keep your eye on Jesus. And when you keep your eye on him, you will see a perfect peace. Amen? Amen. So the government then 
is upon his shoulder. Now let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. Notice it says, casting all, not some. Not an ever-increasing percentage. But casting, well, just cast the ones you can't handle. No, casting all. What does all mean? All means everything. Casting, the word casting means throwing, amen, like this. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. This would do us good to do this on a regular basis. My father cares for me. The Father Himself loves me. He is my Father. And I am His child. My Father loves me so much that He told me not to worry about what I'm going to eat. He told me not to worry about what I'm going to wear. I see you're all clothed today, thank God. Amen. Did He ask you not to worry? Did he tell you not to worry about where you're going to live? (coughs) Glory to God. You see, the more understanding that you get of your father's care for you, the less care you'll have. Mm -hmm. Casting all of your cares. The Bible says that the cares of this life, the cares of this life, It enters in to a person's life and it chokes the Word of God so that the Word of God becomes unfruitful. So we need to be very, very, very uh, aware of the fact that as well as afflictions and persecution arising for the Word's sake, as well as the deceitfulness of riches arising for the Word's sake, amen, As as well as the lust of other things, entering in to choke the word, the cares of this life will call on you. They call on all of us. Amen. And so the Bible tells us to be very, very aware of the enemy's tactics. To be very, very cognizant of the fact that we are a target for him and that we are not to give him any place. That's what Ephesians 4.27 says. It says, neither give place to the devil. Amen? Amen. So as you give him no place, you'll begin to function and to operate in a greater degree of God's grace. I've seen it in my life, and I've seen it in the lives around me. How that unbelievable things may come against them. I've had some unbelievable things come against me. But I've discovered this, that the more I walk in grace, the greater the grace gets, enabling me to stand against the onslaught of the enemy. When you function and you lean heavily upon the grace of God, one of the things that will be evident is the peace of God. 
That's why uh, Paul or Peter said this. He said that grace and peace can be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. How many of you want some grace being multiplied to you? How many of you want some peace to be multiplied unto you? So it comes, now notice, it comes through the knowledge of God. It is not a head knowledge of God that will cause grace and peace to be multiplied unto you. It is a heart knowledge of God. It is, as the Greeks say, it is an epinosis. It is a revelation of how much your Father cares for you that will enable you to walk free from the cares of this life. Oh, hallelujah. People do crazy things when they're worried. People make impromptu decisions and they get very um, just so worried about things that they do stupid stuff. How many of you know that fear will make you nuts? But oh, thank God, faith is a victory that overcomes the world. So we need to understand this then, that when we operate in faith and we tap into the grace of God, the peace of God is going to abound in our lives. Amen. So notice with me again in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. He says, casting or throwing all your care. Perhaps recently you've had somebody say something about you that wasn't true. Anybody ever been lied on? You know, I just looked at something recently that some people wrote about Brenda and I. They lied on us. They lied on us. And I'll be honest with you, man. My flesh got riled up. Because it was something that was written where people could see. And I'm telling you what, my, 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 I was ready to... I was really the Dukes of Hazard. I mean, I'm whoo, shalamala bakalaba, and I was kind of tired that day. The enemy will try to assay you when you're fatigued and when you're tired. Okay, and so to be quite honest with you, I yielded to it, and I went over to his house. And I took him out in the backyard. <laughs> no, eventually I collected myself by the presence of God and by the power of God. And the Lord instructed me, Mark, you better forgive him. You better not let that into your craw. Because if you allow strife in, that will bring confusion and every evil work into your life. I cannot afford unforgiveness. I cannot afford strife. And if I can't afford it, you can't afford it. Yeah, but they said this and they said that. They said this. Hey, thank God it ain't true. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, hallelujah, he will condemn it. That's your heritage. We're his servants and our righteousness is of him. Amen. So I collected myself, let it go, forgave him, asked for forgiveness. Now I'm praying for the person. Amen. But I said all that to say this. 
there's somebody in here today that experienced something similar recently. Some things have been said about you. Some lies have been told on you. And here's what the Bible says to do. Cast the care of that over on God. Put it over in His hands where it belongs. Don't take it into your own hands. Your own hands are incapable of handling spiritual warfare. But if you place it in His hands, He is capable of handling it for you. Amen? Now that not only relates to that illustration when people have said some things about you, but it also relates to every area of your life that you're tempted to be worried about. I remember years ago, and it was Christmas time, that I had to take my youngest son to Stanford Hospital because he was suicidal. And I'm sitting there in the emergency room, and I'm preparing for my Christmas message. Oh, I felt Christmassy all right. No, I sensed the cares of this life and all of the scenarios and all of the fears and all of those things presented themselves to me. But I sat there in that emergency room and I kept on pushing and I kept on pressing and I gave it to him, glory to God, and put it over in his capable hands. And today he's in full-time ministry, married with a little girl. To God be the glory. So when things look their worst, when things look their darkest, remember this, that your heavenly father cares for you and he can shoulder it. He's just waiting on you to turn it over into his hands. Amen. Amen. I wonder this morning, does anybody have anything that they need to turn over to him? It might be your finances. It might be a loved one. It might be a son. It might be a daughter. Oh, glory to God. I'm encouraging you this morning. Give it to him. Give your finances to Him. Give your loved ones to Him. Amen. Somebody says, well, that doesn't seem very responsible. No, 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 no. It's the most responsible thing you can do. It's very irresponsible and really very haughty to think that you can take it on yourself. Amen. That's where that self-made man syndrome comes in. You are not a self-made man if you're born again. You are a God-made man, made in His image, made in His likeness, created to rule and to reign, created to live in grace, created to live in a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. The most responsible thing you can do for your loved ones is place them over into His hands. He's able... I'm going to say it over on this side. He's able. Our God is able. Woo, hallelujah. Not only is he able, but he's willing. Willing to do what, pastor? Willing to do for you the exceeding great things beyond your ability. Hallelujah. Give it to him. Stop thinking about it. Close the door of your soul to doubt. No, devil, we're not going there today. We're not thinking those thoughts today. We're not speaking those words today. We're going to speak the word only. And we're going to lift our hands and we're going to praise God like Paul and Silas did in their midnight hour. And God's power is going to come on the scene and turn things around. Amen. You see, before things turn around out there... 
in your loved ones, in your finances, things got to turn around in you. What does that mean? I mean, you've got to turn your heart toward Him and turn your mind toward Him and turn your praise to Him. Turn off the voices of this age. Turn off the voices of doubt, fear, and unbelief and get in the Word and let it dwell in you richly and God's Word will put you over the top. God doesn't want you wearing a frown. He doesn't want you always having a sad story. He doesn't want you having a bad day or a down day. Say it with me, no more bad days for me. No more down days for me. Well, they did this and they did that. Well, that's their business. My business is to keep my eyes on him. And sooner or later, they're going to change their business. This is good preaching. Somebody said, well, it's just normal for me to fear. It's normal for me to worry. And so most people walk around like this, spiritually. A big load and a big burden on their back. Well, it just seems normal. That's because most of the people you fellowship with you are at eye level with you. You understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Come up. Come up. Come out. Rise up. Look at Philippians chapter 4 now. And notice with me in verse 6. We're getting somewhere right now. Actually, I want you to look at verses 4 through 6 because verses 4 is a key to verse 6. This is powerful. Notice with me, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. And again, in case you didn't get the first time, rejoice. Now, notice with me in verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Here's a very interesting thing. He told us first to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So if you will spend more of your time rejoicing than complaining and yielding to the enemy. But if you will rejoice in the Lord always, you will be in position to cast and to put all your cares on Him. I discovered this. The more filled with joy I am, the less care I have. I believe this. Rejoicing is a major key to living a fear-free, carefree life. We got any rejoicers in the house? Somebody says, I just don't know. Pastor Mark, I don't have anything to rejoice about. Oh, yes, you do. You don't live in Minnesota. It's not minus 35 degrees in this place. You got something to rejoice about. You got something to be happy about. Woo, but I lost my house. I lost this. I lost it. But you didn't lose your salvation. You're on your way to heaven. Singing and shouting the victory. Rejoice in the Lord always. Christmas season is a time for rejoicing. Hallelujah. Be careful. Be careful for nothing. 
The YLT says, for nothing be anxious. Say with me, rejoice in always. And in nothing anxious. Now here's another thought that's real important, I think, for us to remember. And I like this quote. It says, for peace of mind, why don't you go ahead and resign as general manager of the universe? Quit trying to work it out. His shoulders are broad. Tune it over to him. Hallelujah. Say it with me. He's a working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working on my behalf. Now this worry gets so ingrained in people's life. It can become habitual. It can be like kicking a habit of alcohol or kicking other some sort of habit. So it's something you're going to have to contend for and be aware of and keep the door closed. Now notice verse four, verse 7. Be careful for nothing. Do not fret. Do not have anxiety about anything. Well, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Here's what you're going to do. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, you're going to let your requests be made known unto God. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Notice verse 7. We've quoted it several times, but let's read it together. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Let's read it one more time, a little bit more boldly. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Peace will keep you. This is one of the keys to being kept. Say it with me. The peace of God is mine. I'm going to walk in it. Here's another pearl of wisdom for you. Never worry about something you can do something about. Never worry about something that you can do something about. And then on the other hand, never worry about something you can't do anything about. (laughs) So what does that mean? (laughs) For those things that you can do, do them through Christ. For those things you can't do, give it to someone who can. Amen? Amen. Roll it over on him. Then in closing term in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through verse 30. Matthew 11. Christmas peace is my message for you this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I'm going to make it worse. No, he says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What this is saying is you who are heavily loaded with cares, unload your cares on him. Amen. Let's all stand. 
One person said this. He said, when I'm anxious, it's because I'm living in the future. When I'm depressed, it's because I'm living in the past. Close the door on the past. The past is gone, should be forgotten. You should release it to him. And then understand this, that your future is bright. Amen? As you let this peace rule and reign in your life. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray just for a moment. We've got a few more.